This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. you got to feel good for Randy Bennett, longtime coach at St. Mary's, almost in tears right now in the interview he's given on television as St. Mary's really stuns the basketball world tonight and beats Gonzaga and locks up an NCAA tournament berth and poignantly here for LSU, at least gives them a chance, albeit an outside chance, possibly moving all the way up to a one seed. Just talking to Tim Zimmer, going back and forth on text with this. Virginia is is assuredly going to be a one seed. They're a lock. There are no other absolute locks for a one seed right now. It's a little unprecedented. Gonzaga probably the second most probable team still to get that bid. However, I'm just going to throw a scenario out there for you. If North Carolina wins the ACC and beats Duke again, LSU wins the SEC, beats Kentucky again, North Carolina would be a one seed for sure. And you're probably looking at maybe... LSU and Gonzaga could be, could be. And heck, even if it's not Gonzaga, maybe it's LSU and and Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, maybe three ACC teams. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to talk to Brian Lazar at 1020, little LSU hoops, LSU baseball, LSU baseball losing tonight. 3-1 to one to Northwestern State. The big news across the country here today in sports is the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. He's been traded to the Cleveland Browns. The Giants sending him away. They get a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and Jabril Peppers. And the Browns now pretty all-in to win right now with Baker Mayfield and company as they see the weakening of that division with the Steelers declining, the Ravens in just a little bit of limbo, although it certainly looks like they'll be in the mix there again in the AFC and the AFC North. So now's the time to strike if you're the Browns. I will say, again, it'll, it'll be the most Browns thing ever if Cleveland this season just blows up for them. Would there be anything more Cleveland, more Cleveland Browns than that? They've set themselves up for catastrophic failure here. My buddy Ralph Michaels at wagertalk.com will come on tomorrow uh, from Ohio. Huge Browns fan. I'm certainly going to ask him about this. Pressure's on now. Freddie Kitchens and, and John Dorsey and everybody in Cleveland. Here is a text from the 504. If LSU somehow wins the NCAA championship, they're going to take it away once they deal with Wade's indiscretions. But I hope Wade is kept at LSU. I mean, if the indiscretions are bad enough where the NCAA is vacating wins and championships, I don't know why you'd want that coach to stick around. Would he just want all of these wins vacated? I mean, it's not going to happen. First of all, it couldn't happen because the NCAA wouldn't allow Wade to coach anymore. 
Let's go to the phone lines. Judd in Metairie, you want to talk a little NFL free agency. What's going on? Hey, it's Jed, J-E-D. Hey, Jed. Um, hey, uh, uh, big fan, usually listener. Um, Appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm just curious uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, what we've gotten so far and uh, what's left in free, in free agency and what we have coming in the draft. We still need, obviously, uh, tight end. You know, everybody knows. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, what we have remaining in free agency and what maybe we can still do with the money we have. Sure. Um, well, the money that they have, that's a good question. The money that they have, they're right now, if you look at the figures, they don't have really much any, of any money left on paper, but they're going to be able to free some up by restructuring contracts, including Drew Brees' contract. He's on the hook right now. The Saints are for $35 million for Drew this next year. He, They won't not have, and they will not have, pardon my English, they will not have, that $35 million cap hit next year for Drew Brees. They will renegotiate that and rework that contract. What they've done so far, I've liked. Bringing Teddy Bridgewater back, to me, if it was possible, that was a no-brainer. And you just heard the report there in news that Teddy reportedly turned down a little more money from Miami to come back here. I think he realizes the writing is on the wall and probably has had discussions. And you got and nobody's going to come out and say this, but you got to use your own intuition here and read between the lines. There's likely discussions going on behind the scenes that multiple people believe that inside the Saints organization I'm talking about that are talking to Teddy that believe this is Drew's last year. And you could have the car to the keys to this Ferrari next season. I like that. I like bringing Craig Robertson and Chris Banjo back, two of your key special teams contributors. Did you possibly pay a little too much for those guys? Perhaps, but remember the salary cap is inflating. As far as what's still out there and the positions they need to address tight end, that's a no-brainer, like you said. Got to address that spot. Slot receiver, perhaps. I guess it depends on how they feel about Traquan Smith and Cameron Meredith and the other receivers on this roster, but they're going to add receivers to this roster by the time the offseason is complete, whether that's in free agency or the draft or both. Keep an eye on cornerback. With P.J. Williams' situation, the DUI, and Patrick Robertson, I, I just don't think uh, Robinson. Uh, he, uh, Robinson, I don't think he'll be the same player coming back off that injury at his age. Cornerback is a need, and frankly, it's always a need. Those are the spots that I would look at, and of course, defensive tackle. With Sheldon Rankin's injury, with Tyler Davidson, a free agent, and with David Onyemata, who plays a little inside out, with his looming issues with that citation, and I guess summons. It wasn't a rest, but it was a summons. I don't know. The, the JPSO is all over the place with how they're describing that. And they're, they're trying to play the, the politics, the PR game, and how they describe that. Basically, we know that he was his house was raided for personal possession of marijuana, likely facing a suspension from the NFL. So those are the positions. Watch out in the next few days. I like it. I like that they've stayed pretty quiet here. I think that's smart, frugal NFL business that usually – the consistent winners, the consistent contenders in the league, that's, that's the kind of frugal business they usually operate in. Appreciate the call, Jed. Let's go to West Bank. Rick, what's going on tonight, Rick? Hey, just coming from the Pels game, and I heard you say something about ODB going to Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, well, if he's at Cleveland, so is Jarvis Landry. Uh-huh. He's got two of the best LSU wide receivers to ever play the game. I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's right. You got a little LSU North there, Rick. How come we can't get lucky? I wanted Jarvis. I know Sean Payton wanted Jarvis Landry over here. 
Well, not I don't know for that money though. You're, you're, yeah, I, no, here's, here's, here, here's the problem, Rick. You're paying those two receivers thirty million dollars wow. a year for two receivers. And not, I mean that's that's wow. unprecedented. We've never seen that before. See, I don't know how people see that that team is going to do well just because they have all those great players on there. Because I remember when uh, Philadelphia had a good uh, quarterback, two good quarterbacks. They had all the receivers and they had the running backs, and mm-hmm. they thought they was the dream team. That's right. But uh, <laughs> the dream. I but, remember uh, that I the Andy Reid dream on, team. On, yeah. I want to comment on your uh, your needs for the Saints. I thought the number one need. And the way we could get to our Super Bowl was tight end, then uh, maybe a uh, safety, D tackle, and D end, and that's how I saw it. I just want to yeah, you. I say that. What, what's the order? What's comment. the order again, Rick? It, it was tight end, uh, safety, uh, D tackle, and defensive end. I feel like uh, good call. I feel like safety is down the list right now for them. I know Kurt Coleman. They released Kurt Coleman was. He was sufficient in his role last year in that safety spot opposite of free safety Marcus Williams. I don't know if they really see it as a huge need with guys like Von Bell and Chris Banjo coming back. They'll likely add to that spot. I don't think it's near the top of their list. Defensive tackle tight end, though, like you said, cornerback, wide receiver, I think are. Let's go to Arts in Alabama. Art, what's going on? Yes, sir. Good evening. Enjoy your program. Appreciate it. I'm just curious about the uh, the Saints. You're talking about the Cleveland Browns setting up, setting themselves up for failure in terms of all in now. Uh, well, I don't think did the, I did I did I say they are setting themselves up for failure because I don't know if I believe that. So I don't know if I said that. Did I use that term? I, no, I don't think you did exactly. But it, I guess it was kind of the idea of you know they've got the, all the uh, uh, ducks in a row, and you know it's it's this is the best they've got in. Who knows what, what's going to happen? Oh, I know what you're saying. I was, I was, I know what you're saying there. I know what you're referencing now. I was just being a little tongue in cheek because you know it's it's the Browns. Everything always goes wrong for the Browns. So when I said this is this is typical Cleveland and it's all going to come crashing down, I just meant that's <laughs> what usually happens up there. Not that I necessarily believe that. Okay, I go. I got what you're saying now. All right, all right, continue. No, maybe we, maybe we come from different perspectives. I remember I was around when the Saints were the Browns. If you get my drift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bags over the heads, the whole thing, yeah. Well, I mean, and further. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is uh, I, I've seen, you know, both ends of the spectrum. I wonder, you know, in your in your view, what are the expectations of the, of the, of the, of the Saints this year? And, and to, to, to kind of balance that off in terms of, you know, the expressions or the uh, situation at Tulane, you know, what are the ex- expectations of Tulane? Given the, the, you know, the team, uh, university's commitment, uh, do they expect a Final Four team? Uh, you know, what, what, what are the Saints, uh, you know, going to really – expect this year what's what's realistic uh, for both of those i'll start with Tulane. no no i don't think they expect a final four team really ever there but they should expect more than owen 18 in conference play i just think a consistent you know a, a, certainly above 500 team postseason team i think consistently getting to the postseason whether that's the ncaa tournament the nit or the um and the C, uh, college basketball invitational in the postseason although that's usually for maybe even smaller programs than Tulane. um as long as they're consistently getting to the postseason, I think that's what they expect, not necessarily the NCAA tournament at Tulane. Expectations for the Saints, simple. They've got to be in the mix when it comes to late December and January for a championship. There's still too much talent here 
They've got too good of a quarterback, too good of a coach, too good of talent up and down this roster. Expectations should still be not Super Bowl or bust. Really, outside of New England, nobody's Super Bowl or bust, but certainly contending for a championship, I think, is reasonable expectations. Appreciate the call. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Brian Lazar will join us for a few minutes talking Tiger baseball and Tiger hoops here on The Last Lap. Let's get right to Brian Lazar of TigerBake.com. As we've got about six minutes or so with him, and I want to talk a little LSU baseball, LSU hoops with you, Brian, at BL Door on Twitter. Boy, it's crazy time to be covering this basketball program. Look, we'll start there. Um, what do you make of this entire Will Wade situation and now Javante Smart being held out, although a decision, I guess, is expected tomorrow? Well, you have this, you know, when the tapes were <clears throat> were released or through the Yahoo report, you know, certainly that didn't certainly doesn't look good for Will Wade, or, or obviously there was some reference to Javante Smart also. So, you know, LSU made the decision to uh, to do their own personal self investigation on the matter, so they indefinitely suspended Will Wade, and you know they withheld Javante Smart from uh, the game against uh, Vanderbilt last Saturday while they. Checking to see whether or not they can determine if NCAA rules were uh, were broken. Does, and uh, does, does Javante Smart going to get back, Brian? Like, are they going to they going to reverse this decision tomorrow? Uh, look, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I th- I guess I'd say it's fifty fifty. Uh, I know he practiced with the team today. Uh, you know, he sat with. He was with the team, sat on the bench with him Saturday. The team was off Sunday and Monday, so today was the first time they did anything together since then. And he practiced with the team today. I know that he was questioned or interviewed by members of LSU, and I'm sure that included some uh, legal counsel. And uh, I know members of his family were questioned. And uh, I guess it, you know, strictly depends upon what the answers are. And, I, you know, just what I'm hearing, you know, like I just said, I think it's a 50-50 chance. All right, let's go uh, to on the court here. How much trouble is LSU in in this SEC tournament and beyond, considering they're without their head coach and Devontae Smart? Can they somehow piece it together here and still be competitive and, and win games in the SEC and NCAA tournament? Well, you, you know, look, I'm going to tell you what the most impressive thing was about Saturday night. LSU looked like a team which was not missing its head coach, you know. And I'm just talking about their execution, their organization. Everything looked very smooth, as just as if Will Wade were there, which is a testament to Will Wade because what any head coach wants to be able to do is, okay, if I'm not there, the players should be able to run the game and my staff should be able to run the game. And that's certainly what it looked like the other night particularly on the court. If you listen to Tony Benford after the game, he just praised to the nth degree Tremont Waters and what uh, Waters did. And, and look, there's no doubt he has taken – he meaning Waters has taken control of this program. I know he called a team meeting today. And, uh, you know, he he's the guy. And he's had his ups and downs with this team this year. But when you look at look at it, when push comes to shove, LSU can beat anybody when he plays very, very well. And 
if you, you say what's going to happen for LSU, you know, in the SEC tournament or in, in the NCAA tournament, I think you just look and see how he, he plays. If Tremont Waters does not play well, LSU is going to be hard-pressed, you know, to beat a good team. So if he gets on a roll and plays well and gets some help, you know, they're in, uh, you know, they got a chance to, to win some games. Now, look, not having Javante Smart, that would re- that's really going to hurt because that limits your, you know, limits your rotation out front. You know, when you have, you know, Smart, Skyler Mays, and Waters, those three guys to rotate for two positions, you know, you, you're in pretty good shape. But if you don't have Smart, who has, you know, the four games he started recently, he he scored 80 points. So that means he was averaging exactly 20 points a game in those four. Those four. So, look, they, not having Smart would hurt them. How Tremont Waters plays is very important. And, look, not having Will Wade, you know, look, I don't know if you remember this back in, you know, I guess it was 89 when, uh, you know, Steve Fisher took over as the interim coach at Michigan right before the uh, the, the tournament because Bill Frieder was going to accept the head coaching job at Arizona State. And Bo Schembechler, the AD at Michigan, and Don said, "Well, if you're going to accept the uh, uh, job at Arizona State, you're not going to, you're not going to coach this Michigan team in the NCAA tournament." So he got let go. Uh, Steve Fisher took over, and the team won the national championship. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's it, a good we'll, analogy. Yeah. We'll, yeah, I mean, we just have to let things go. But I, I really think this: not having Smart would hurt him. Waters has to play well. And then, you know, matchups are so important. Matchups. Just just look at the SEC tournament. LSU's first game on Friday will be against either Arkansas and Florida. Who are the only two teams that beat LSU during the regular season? <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas and Florida. They only lost two. And they're going to play one of those two definitely in the quarterfinals Friday afternoon. Hey, uh, Brian, can I hold you for 60 seconds here? we got a hard break. But I want to ask you about sure. uh, LSU baseball and, yes. of course, Odell and Jarvis reunited. It's Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com, at Beeldor on Twitter. 60 seconds, and we're back with him. Hanging out with Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com, LSU baseball tonight. Oh, the sky is falling, of course, in LSU baseball fandom because they lose a midweek game. Uh, hasn't been a trend this year. Um, what do you think about Tiger baseball? Of course, they got swept by Texas. They lose tonight, but they do beat Cal in that series last week. Any any real concerns here early for you, Brian? Well, yes, there's a concern about the pitching staff. There's no doubt about that. And when Paul uh, Maneri met with the media yesterday, uh, and I asked him, well, you know, well, your rotation this weekend for the conference opener series against Kentucky do you have an idea what you what you're going to do? And he said, "Yeah, we have an idea." And uh, you know, he didn't go into detail at first, but then he, he more or less did. You know, Zach Hess is going to start again on Friday night, and then he said, "Well, we got three guys basically for for the other two starting spots: uh, Cole Henry, Landon Marceau, and Eric Walker." Now, let's look at those three options. Uh, Cole Henry threw four very good innings. Uh, last Saturday against California, but then had to be taken out of the game because his back stiffened up. Uh, Paul said, simply said he's getting better every day, but you certainly have questions about his health. 
Landon Marceau got bumped out of the starting rotation last weekend because he had a poor outing on the road at Texas. But he did throw very well tonight. He, you know, he threw. He started at Northwestern State. He threw three innings, retired all, retired all nine batters he faced. So that was a plus. And then Eric Walker, you know, everybody knows is coming back from the Tommy John surgery. He missed all of last year. He has not been able to go more than four innings in a game in any of his starts yet this season. So you got some questions there with the starting rotation. Now, recently, the last couple of weeks, you know, the offense has just gone south. And uh, you hope that that picks up. And the LSU offense, look, it's four guys. The four guys at the top of the lineup. Josh Smith, Zach Watson, Antoine Duplantis, and Daniel Cabrera. Those guys have to hit for LSU to score. And they haven't hit. You know, going the, the two weekend series against uh, uh, Texas and, and California, I think those four guys batting average together was – uh, right around in the right around 200. So if if those four guys don't hit, LSU is going to have trouble scoring runs, and, and that's been the case. Of course, Brian, I can't let you get out of here without asking you about the reuniting of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham up there in Cleveland. I'm sure your message boards, your forums are going absolutely nuts tonight, man. Yeah, that's it's pretty strange how things work out, you know. Uh, uh, you know, the, Jarvis leaves uh, the Dolphins a year year ago and, and ends up with Cleveland, and now uh, Odell, same thing. He he ends up in, uh, with the Browns also. So you have these two guys who have been, look, they've, they've been very, very productive as pros. Uh, they were productive the last uh, couple of years together at LSU, and then they have been productive separately in the NFL, and now they're – back together so uh, uh that's two pretty good targets for uh, baker mayfield yeah no doubt about it brian always appreciate the time man let's do it again soon thanks so much okay talk to you later Seth. all right brian lazar tigerbait.com at bl door on twitter be sure you bookmark that and then follow him on twitter let's go to deuce McAllister really quickly earlier today on sports talk he joined zach streif and bobby abair three former saints players discussing Mark Ingram's eminent departure, the signing of Latavius Murray, and Teddy Bridgewater's re-signing. Here's that interview. Honeybees, huh? Honeybees there. That was Deuce and Zach earlier tonight on Sports Talk. We're going to take a break. Another great interview that they had around NFL free agency. And we're piecing it together here in the studio. Thanks to Dominic Mission for coming in, helping trying to rescue us here. We had some technical difficulties. So we're trying to piece it together. So we're going to have another interview with you. Uh, for you from Sports Talk, Joel Corey joined us earlier tonight. We'll have that for you discussing all the big free agency moves today. Oh, we found the culprit here, we believe, anyways, in the studio. Anybody who's been with us the entire night, you heard our little technical difficulties earlier. Apparently, we have a little coffee problem. Somebody else during the day might have spilled some coffee into the uh, control switch on the far side. All right, morning, guys, and afternoon, guys. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you because it only affected me at 930 tonight. <laughs> Live radio. All right, Joel Corey joined Sports Talk earlier today. Here's a little bit of that interview, talking NFL free agency. That was earlier tonight, Joel Corey on Sports Talk with Zach Streif and Bobby Aber. We'll take a break. We're coming back with a moment of zen. Mark Ingram likely has played his final game as a New Orleans Saint. Of course, Mark Ingram will be our moment of zen tonight. We're going to wrap up the show coming back next year on WWL. Here's a text from the 985. Seth, what do you think about one of the greatest players in the world scoring a hat trick 
in the Champions League comeback win for Juventus. Cristiano Ronaldo, phenomenal athletes, no doubt about it. I actually didn't know about that, so you're the first person to tell me. Thanks for the text. Thanks to Logan Falgu behind the glass. Nice job, our producer tonight. Thanks to Dominic Mission for coming in and helping us through our technical difficulties tonight above and beyond. And thanks to our guests during the show tonight, Chris Dobertine, Jacob Wass, Brian Lazar, Joel Corey, and Deuce McAllister. Thanks to you for listening tonight. I'm Seth Dunlap. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. If you missed any part of the show, remember, you can check the podcast every single day. You can get the show there, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com app, or WWL.com. We're back tomorrow, same time, 8 to 11, right here. We'll talk more free agency, and we will preview LSU in the SEC tournament and possibly, again, possibly chasing a number one seed as Gonzaga loses tonight. Maybe that opens up the possibility Tigers could climb that ladder. We're handing it off now to Beyond Reality Radio. As always, I leave you with our moment as end. Mark Ingram may have played his last game for his Saints, will be fondly remembered here for a very long time. Here's one of Mark Ingram's touchdowns this year against the Eagles. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.